So here's where we are in our studies in the book of Romans. In the last part of chapter 5, Paul places great emphasis on the grace of God, that is, his favor toward us that resulted in his plan for us to be saved based on the death of Christ. Paul said grace reigns through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That does not mean we are free to sin or that we can now take a casual view of sin. Paul in chapter 6 says, God forbid we should be baptized into Christ and then walk in newness of life, never taking advantage of God's grace, but responding with the greatest, deepest kind of gratitude and obedience. Romans chapter 6, I'm going to continue now at verse 6. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Listen again, verse 6. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. The old self, the old man, the old person is the old way of life, referring to your participation in sin before you came to Christ. That old life is crucified with him when you were baptized. And so the old sinful life should be considered dead and gone. When you were baptized into Christ's death, not only do you receive the benefits of his death, you die your own death to sin. Sin is pardoned but not condoned, and therefore we should not continue in it. Verse 8, Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. The only ones who will live with Christ now and can hope to live with him after death are those who die with him. And you die with him in baptism, giving up the sin that you committed before. Paul tells us, if we died with Christ, then we can believe that we shall also live with him. Have you ever heard someone say something like this? I'm dying to do this or that. Well, if you're dying to live with Christ, you must die. You must die with him, and you do that in baptism, and it means sin is over. I used to preach a sermon about baptism that I call the funeral of sin. Verse 9, we know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. Verse 9 is about Christ, and the point is simple. Christ died, was raised from the dead, 
and after that, obviously, death had no more dominion over him. Now, here's what that has to do with us. I've been baptized into the death of Christ and raised from baptism to walk in newness of life. Death no longer has dominion over me. <coughs> As a sinner living outside of Christ and away from God, death hangs over you. Not just the prospect of physical death, but physical death without any good outcome and spiritual death now, not having God in your life. But when the believing penitent sinner makes the choice to come to Christ, to be baptized into his death, and die to sin, and walk in newness of life, the horror of death is removed. Verse 10, For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Jesus' death was a single event, once for all. But that death was followed by his life with God. He ascended to be with God. Likewise, in baptism, our obedience is a single act or event. But in that death to sin, we enter into life with God. Verse 11 is the conclusion. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Here's one way to speak of this. Death is followed by life. This was true in the case of Christ and should be true in our case. We were baptized into his death. It became our death to sin. Now we arise to walk in newness of life. People who are scripturally baptized and who are walking in newness of life are alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Strong conclusion, verse 12. So, you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Remember the previous study. I was talking to us about how many people in modern religion play the grace card. They argue that grace is irresistible and permissive and that because of the abundance of grace, we can relax and minimize sin, and assume that we are automatically covered. Paul has already said about that, God forbid. That's a strong negative. Now he says, in this very simply worded prohibition, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. It is not that grace causes us to relax. Grace properly conceived causes us to take a firm stand against the re-entry of sin into our lives. Personally, my resolution based on the abundance of grace ought to be, I will not sin. I will not let sin control me, 
Rather, I will be controlled by the grace of God as expressed supremely through the death of Christ. From verse 11 down through verse 18. Let me go ahead and take up that section. I'll talk more about it in the next class. 11 through 18. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness, for sin will have no dominion over you since you are no longer, are not, I'm, uh, since you are not under law, but under grace. Here's the approach I want to use with these verses. How should baptized people live? Presenting yourselves to God day after day. Not letting sin have dominion over you. Shall we sin? Certainly not, Paul has already responded. In fact, those who have obeyed the gospel from the heart should regard themselves as slaves of righteousness. The whole passage in Romans 6 is really about Christians living after baptism under the influence of the powerful grace and guidance of God through Christ, enabling us to walk in newness of life. I have four wrap-ups to get to. When we study the last part of chapter 5 and into chapter 6, we are struck by all these interesting connections. Grace, faith, baptism, repentance, obedience. <clears throat> there is no contradiction or conflict or tension between these things. It can be expressed in this manner. God, by His grace, offers to forgive us because of the death of Christ. By faith, we can receive that gift, but that faith is active, expressing itself in baptism, repentance, and obedience. If you just read the Bible, all the parts come together. Nothing has conflict, and there's beautiful simplicity from God to us through His Word. At baptism, we enter into a life of service. We are reporting for duty. We are beginning a way of life that is unto God, directed by Him and for Him. Jesus died, was raised. Jesus went to God. In baptism, we die with Christ, and we are raised to walk in newness of life. We present ourselves to God every day. And we are serving. We're serving God, not sin. Verse 16, do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one 
whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. Next time, we'll talk about freedom from sin means servitude to God. And that will be in verses 18 through 23. Thank you for listening.